Welcome back to American Graffiti, one song at a time. I'm your host, Rachel Mummert, and joining me today is Pete the Retailer from Star Wars Minute. That's me. Hello. Well, thanks for having me. I love uh, talking for extended amounts of time about George Lucas movies. Yes. <laughs> we'll drag you on for the maybe one non-sci-fi one that... <laughs> <laughs> And then no opening crawl, so. <laughs> yeah. So we have minute 41, or I've been calling them minutes, but they are segments, I suppose. We'll call right. them. Um, so in this one, we have Kurt and Steve talking about where their li- kind of where their life is headed. You know, Steve is kind of having second thoughts, and Kurt's kind of decided more or less on his, his life choices. So Pete, can you... Give us a little background on this movie, your history with it, or has this one been one you've grown up with, or is it fairly new to your movie rotation? I definitely saw it when I was a kid, and my, you know, I feel like this is my parents, uh, uh, not not that these uh, exact characters, but this is totally my parents' kind of uh, generation. You know, they, this was their, like, my dad was totally a, you know, a car guy, uh, you know, in the 50s into the 60s. And, and uh, my, you know, I, th- this was kind of their thing. They they totally, like, the, the soundtrack, I remember, like, pouring over it, you know, like, holding the vinyl you know, the cover of the of the album and, and listening to all the songs when I was a kid and saw the movie probably, you know, a couple of times, maybe once or twice before I got to college and then saw it again there. And then I haven't watched it a ton of times, but I'm, you know, familiar enough with it from growing up. It's been around, but it's not, not something that I watched a lot, but it's something that I definitely had seen. Although that's such a modern thing that it's like, yeah, I've only seen it, you know, maybe like half a dozen times. I haven't seen it a lot, whereas, you know, most people used to only see a movie once. I know. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, you know, now when a new movie comes out, they'll go see it, you know, multiple times. Right. <laughs> Not saying that's a bad thing. I've, I, I've done that before. I, I would love to go see a movie multiple times in a theater right now. I know. <laughs> I think when I did, it was Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Hmm. So I, <laughs> quite a movie to choose to go. I saw it three times. I love that movie, but by the third time, I was kind of uh, getting antsy because I was like, okay, they have to, you know, they have to fight Shelob and they have to do this. And <laughs> then, oh, and then there's like five endings. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps going. So I recommend just watching that one at home. <laughs> <laughs> so this section is kind of what I call the role reversal I suppose um, it seems from the beginning of the movie till this point, at the beginning we see, you know, Kurt's in that headspace of, you know, I think I'm not going to go tomorrow. I'm just going to stick around for another year. Not sure. And Steve's the one that's kind of pushing him like, come on, you know, we got it. You got to get out of this town. You got to go. And now it's a total role reversal. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, in doing so, that kind of hit the the crux of the movie. I mean, I guess that's what it takes, you know, for them to understand why they're driven to do what not driven, pardon the pun, but why they're driven to do, kind of do what they do they, it, within the course of the movie, they have to kind of essentially swap roles and see it from the other perspective. And so that, you know, why, why should I leave home to find a home? It's such a, like, that's, that's the heart of, of these guys and their, their arc and, and a little bit the movie itself. I mean, that's the, you know, the, the base, at least, at least Kurt, that's his, total like what he has to discover yeah and and i can't remember I, well, how did i just blank a steve i'm like why can't i remember richie cunningham's name <laughs> you can just call him richie we all know yeah. 
that's the question essentially they're they're both asking and in different kind of phases of this and that's you know what they they find their answer and that's such a such a teenage you know high school thing that's totally on point you know i i the last time i watched it, i just watched this a couple of weeks ago with my wife who i had not seen it ever i don't think and she did not like it and she did not i think part of it is that she didn't a her parents are a little bit younger than mine and they were theater people and they weren't this at all so she didn't have that connection to it but also that she grew up in manhattan and didn't have this kind of suburban you know like longing for something else and oh, yeah. you know I, I grew up maybe half an hour from manhattan so it was it was minimal for me like i get the idea but i i certainly know people who stayed home, you know, in who've never, not that they've never left the town, but, you know, that, that made their whole lives, at least in the same area, mm -hmm. still about a half hour away from New York and didn't have that drive to go, you know, do something else and make their own, you know, make a new thing, reinvent themselves or anything. And that's, you know, that's what their life is. And that's cool. That's, you know, that's their thing. And, and I don't think she ever got that, you know, because people were always coming to where she was. <laughs> Yeah, it's like cool. the total reverse of that, of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and like, where are you going to go if you're in Manhattan? You know, where, where are you going to, I guess, I guess here, I guess California, you know, LA is the only place where you can go. I'm going to go re reinvent myself on the West Coast. <laughs> and I think that's a brilliance of this movie. And I know we, we, I've talked about it before, even though it's set in 1962, especially looking back on it at as an adult or so they tell me I'm an adult, but anyways, mm -hmm. <laughs> it, you appreciate, you have a greater appreciation for it in hindsight, looking back on your high school experience. And I guess it rings true for me as well. Growing up in Ohio, I, I was from, you know, small town Ohio where you did want to, you know, you graduate high school and most of the time it's like, yep, I'm going to college. I'm getting out of here. I don't want to be in this, you know, small town anymore, that kind of feeling. So it rings very true to yeah. to, to yeah. me. And I I like how when Steve is saying you don't have to leave home to, oh, I just had that up. Why should I leave home to find a home? To find a home, yeah. Yeah. Because that's pretty much parroting back what earlier in the movie before Steve gets so unceremoniously kicked out of the uh, Lori's Edsel, mm -hmm. Lori's telling him that, that same idea that Kurt told her, like, why should I leave home to find a new home and leave friends that you love to find new friends? So he's kind of parroting all that back at Kurt and it's funny because, you know, at first Kurt's like, what? But then I think he realizes, he's like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> now you're just, you know, throwing all my my ideas back at me or my reasons back at me. <laughs> yeah, it's such a, it's a good, uh, although then he, it, it's a follow-up to that. I don't know. I, I was noting that not only I like what they're saying to each other, but then I was like, oh, like, and I and I think that I think that he would agree, but uh, Ron Howard is not as good of an actor as Richard Dreyfuss, and and part of it, you know, this is something that we you know we, we talked about for hundreds of episodes of our show is that George Lucas is not an actor's director necessarily. Uh, I'm sure some of the line readings that sound unnatural, you know, both in Star Wars and and here could. This one doesn't suffer from it as much because there's not so much, you know, techno babble and, and it's not attempting to do anything, not attempting to do as much kind of narratively, but or, or rather in dialogue. He's, he's letting the setting and the characters tell their story more. But the but that this 
line reading of Steve's here, there's a, you know, it's like, it's awfully early in the morning. It's just like, well, wow, you say, he just said it like no, no human would ever say that. I noticed it, that too. <laughs> he's like, well, it's awfully early in the morning. It's yeah. <laughs> like, he's trying to be a grow, like he's trying to be like his dad or something asking like, where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I do notice that is in the scene too earlier between like Richard Dreyfuss as Kurt has a lot more natural, I don't know the word, or he just has a natural reading in of his lines, they seem a lot more like you would not like you would you would just say them in real life if you were actually having that conversation. Just his little asides, like you know, I feel like a midwife when he's. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming that was was that was that an ad lib. It was in the script. Okay. And I was reading back through because I'm like, does it say like what exactly? All he has is the hood up, so I'm I was trying to figure out like what exactly. <laughs> they're doing if he's just doing like a maintenance check before the morning with his uh citrion he has the fancy foreign citrion <laughs> yeah I, I think it it's just that kind of car culture thing it's, you know like oh like i pulled in uh, something was uh, i just want to open it up and check on something you know and it's not not doing uh he doesn't really do much he just kind of goes er, 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 yeah. and that's that <laughs> <laughs> but I do like how Kurt does, I mean, just reading through the script and watching the minute, he gets angry, I think. I mean, to me, it's like he gets angry because it seems that, you know, when Kurt said he wanted to stay, they were all, you know, oh, you can't, you can't, here's why, you know. And so now, you know, Steve's coming back with the same things, you know, I don't think I'm going tomorrow, and he's throwing all of Kurt's I um back at him. So I think he's like angry because it's like, okay, why was it? Why is it okay now? Like when you were so kind of rude to me about going away in the first place. Right. But on the other hand, I do think, you know, is Kurt trying to do a favor and help Steve by, you know, t kind of giving him a pep talk of sorts when he tells him, you know, you've been telling me to get my head out of the sand all summer. And so I don't know if he's trying to realize like, you help me, so I'm going to help you by telling you exactly what you told me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think he's also like, he's trying to convince himself in a sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's not, he's kind of parroting it because he wants to believe it. Like he's, you know, based on, especially with his, you know, going back to the way he was talking by, by most of his conversations in the middle of this kind of, but the way that, uh, the way that he, he was uh, in the, the conversation is with Lori where it's, he's kind of laying out. It's like, okay, well, I think we should, you know, we're going to have to see other people. It's, it's, you know, rehearsed and it seems like he's, he doesn't necessarily believe it as well. That, that's where I say, I will say that he's, Ron Howard is a better <laughs> A better actor than he is here is is there when he's when he's kind of like awkwardly trying to kind of deal with something because probably that's more natural to him. You know, the couple of conversations where he first is just like, all right, so I'm going to go to college and we should see other people probably, right? Like that. And that seems like he's kind of built it up as an idea in his head more so than he really feels it. And so that I think is with this too. He's kind of parroting back what Kurt had told him to. So because he's like, okay, this is this is what I'm this is what the deal is. This is what I have to believe in order for this to work right now, right? Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. He's kind of looking for the reassurance of making the right decision. Yeah. Or like feeling that, you know, he's going with, he's looking for, for anything to kind of support his feeling right now, even though he knows it's probably not the right decision. Like the, uh, like we were with Steve and his 
where you know where are you going so early in the morning line and <laughs> I, I I like both uh, Richard Dreyfuss's line and his reading of it. Right. Just like right. I have a dental appointment. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, it's just funny because it, I don't know I'm where, you know, if that was just something that popped into his head or if he. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Uh, but I feel like he got, not, not typecast, what's the other, uh, but Richard Dreyfus kind of ends up, you know, he he's good at being this kind of guy, being basically Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> There's a, there's a couple of, you know, angles to it, but uh, but he's really good at it when he's doing it. But there's a couple of, you know, you can put a couple of different, uh, you know, spins on it. You know, he can be he can be Hooper. He can be this guy, but he can be, uh, you know, essentially some variation of Richard Dreyfus each time. And uh, but it, it works in this because I think that is his kind of totally his kind of line. That's why I was think, wondering if the uh, the midwife line was was an ad lib because it just seems like it's coming from Richard Richard Dreyfus. Oh, yeah. And that, and that, you know, dental appointment too. It just seems like what he would say if you asked Richard Dreyfus that. Essentially, <laughs> just one of those. Like, where do you think I'm going this time in the morning? Going to the right. <laughs> going to the dentist, I guess. <laughs> and I, I love that it's also the you know three of the main guy. Not not necessarily Steve. Steve, I think the Steve and Laurie thing comes from. Um, what are they? I, Gloria and and Willard, um, you know the the writers. Um, but uh, Toad and and John Milner and and Kurt are all different aspects of of George Lucas. You know his his growing up, and I I totally think that this is appropriate. Like this is the most the closest to who he was when he made this. You know what I mean? This is the because you get you know first first essentially he was he was Toad. You know when he was when he was uh, let's say junior high, and then you know in high school he became kind of more. I I think he wanted to think he was a, a John Milner, but he might mm-hmm. not have been that cool. But <laughs> more of like what he was what he was all about. Yeah. And then this is kind of that you know like oh I'm unsure about stepping out of my comfort zone into the real world and being and that that's you know he just was you know if they're if they're filming this in in you know 73 72 73 whatever you know and he just you know this is only a couple of years essentially before he was this to you know when he went to i mean he didn't go far you know he went to usc from from modesto so it's but still like kind of leaving your comfort zone to go into start a new life so it's interesting that this is the most kind of the closest to Kurt is the closest analog of the George Lucas who made this because they're they're you know right next to each other there. So I'm sure what at least what he's feeling and what he's saying there is is freshest in George Lucas's mind. And I also feel kind of you know you talked about how a lot of the script and writing that he did you know for Star Wars doesn't always translate well when when read on screen and such you know with right. all the and this has a lot more. Because I thought, you know, this has a lot more natural, natural feeling, natural reading and such. And I I just wonder if it's because this is kind of his, I guess I'd call it like a love letter to to his childhood and to his love of car culture that he could connect a lot more with it. Yeah. It's a lot more natural feeling. Yeah, especially I, I think early on, some of the the stuff that they started you know the the stuff that famously got cut from star wars at the beginning the stuff with with luke skywalker and his friends i think got cut because they were like well don't just make american graffiti in space now <laughs> and you know that was basically the the car culture hot rod stuff that was you know luke hanging out at the garage with his friends looking for power converters and talking about stuff and and i wonder how much you know how early on that that shaped it they're like all right well i mean i want it to be kind of you know i want that to be the feeling of it but i don't just want to make the same movie and i wonder how much that was in his 
head of, of making Star Wars as different from American graffiti as, as possible. Yeah. And I always wondered too, with, you know, this, you always think, you know, there's the four main characters, you know, Milner, Kurt, Steve, and Toad. And I, as I go on, you know, to the, in watching the movie and such, it's like, you know, who really is, is there like one kind of central main character? Because I know as the movie goes on, you know, Kurt kind of gets sidelined a little more than the others. But yeah. I'm like, is that, is there supposed to be one takeaway of a main character over the others? Or is that up to the viewer, you know, how you connect to a certain character more than the others? Right. Yeah. It, I mean, I think it's just a different, it depends on when you watch it and who you are when you watch it, essentially. Oh, yeah. Right. So, so I mean, I think for, for the making, like I said, I think behind the scenes, through the three elements of George, you know, three three phases of George Lucas's life and, and Kurt ends up being kind of focal somewhat because he was the closest to when, when it was made. And then Willard and Gloria end up being some elements of Steve and, and Laurie. But then when you, each time you watch it, you're coming into a different, you know, mindset. When I first... Well, I probably first saw it when I was, you know, or at least most of it when I was a kid. So I didn't, well, who knows what, who knows what I, what I uh, attached to. But that is probably just, you know, like, look, he's in Star Wars. But then definitely watching it, you know, as a, you know, high school slash, you know, teenager. And I wasn't, I knew I wasn't at all a, a John Milner. And I kind of, you know, was not not rejected that. And I, and I also knew I didn't want to be Toad as much as I was. <laughs> And so I probably gravitated towards Kurt and towards Richard Dreyfuss. Was like, oh yeah, there's the the guy. He's got a he's got something that compels him. He's like, you know, he's got a, he's got an art. He's got something in his heart that's moving him on. I want to be like that. That's me. I see myself in that. But then you know, as as we go on, I've I've warmed up to a lot of. I think the last time I watched it, I was definitely into the you know the the Milner and Carol part more than the rest of them. Because it's just a it's just a weird like interesting interaction, and you see his you know it doesn't not everything plays out the way that you know. And so I'm not saying it's a it's a model of anything. It's not, it's not saying it's ideal, but it's an interesting thing to watch the story wise because it's his you know that kind of tough guy with a heart of gold essentially. Yeah. And her just kind of wanting to be this you know precocious you know kid just wanting to be a part of everything. Yeah, and yeah, being trying to be tough like the and just yeah, yeah. kind of how he waxes nostalgic a little when he does drop her off at her yeah at her house. And I always, <laughs> since watching that section the first time when, you know, because she, oh, the knob from the gear shift. <laughs> right. And then he, you know, he's like, here, you know, gives it to her. So the first time I watched that and then when I recorded that section, you know, me and the guest at the same time, we were like, so yeah, does that remind you of anything? And it was <laughs> like right after... It wasn't that long after the season two finale. And I was like, that's exactly where my mind went. <laughs> I was like, here's the baby Yoda or yeah. Grogu. Yeah, I still I, feel I, weird I, saying that. <laughs> and I and I think that that's, you know, not... It's funny because that's not coming from... That's not coming from George Lucas making it. You know, it's weird because it's like, oh, here's a here's a George Lucas thing in a Star Wars movie, but it's not, or not a movie, but in a Star Wars, you know, project, but it's not one that he made. It's, it's you know, I think that those guys went back 
and um, definitely, you know, uh, uh, John Favreau and and uh, especially Dave Filoni, who's you know mm. an acolyte, just kind of went back and they were like, oh, let's look at all the Jurtuka stuff from from now. And they're like, oh, let, let's that's a good thing that we can we can bring that kind of feeling into this project with the Mandalorian, and that became the arc there. So hopefully we'll get a Dexter Jetster cameo maybe in <laughs> season three. No, I don't. Know. Oh, I shouldn't say that. If it comes true, I'll be in trouble. <laughs> But they'll they'll do it well. I think it'll be all yeah. right. <laughs> well, I think that's all the notes I had for this section. Did you have anything else? No, that's pretty much it. I didn't. Did I say the words "local heroes"? That was something that I had to explain. That I don't know if that's a is that a universal term, but that Milner. Well, what that kind of you know the people who stay behind, who were like really cool, quote unquote cool in high school, and then stick around and are still trying to kind of ride out that coolness and stay in their town, and eventually that fades. <laughs> But, oh, uh, yeah. you know, I, I feel like that was such a thing that we would always, you know, like in high school, hanging out and having you to have like a essentially like a John Milner. Like you'd have the guys who were like, oh, yeah, they were cool a couple of years ago in my high school and they're still around. And so now like oh, all yeah. the all the kids are, you know, hanging out like they see that guy. That guy must be cool because he's here. But it's like, no, no, wait, <laughs> it's almost a little bit of the opposite. Like he's. And that's what I like about especially right before. When Milner gets his truck out of that garage and talks to the garage gas attendant and he's, you know, saying like, oh, I've always thought you were, you were number one. You know, they're talking about Falfa out looking for him and you kind of get that feeling that he, he finally realizes like, this is it. You know, my, I think he's supposed to be at 21, 22 in this movie, but you know, he's kind of like, this is my life. You know, he's kind of regretting, you know, not making different choices yeah. Yeah. And we get that, you know, in, you know, it's not always car culture, obviously, but, you know, we we see that a lot in, you know, for a lot of the country in, in sports stuff, you know, you get like the, like I'm thinking like Friday Night Lights and stuff like that, where you get like, oh, like what happens to the, you know, star quarterback when they're not, they're not exactly, you know, that, that starts to fail for them, you know, turns out they're not, once high school is over and you're not, you know, what you were to everybody, what do you do? Yeah. Whole different world after high school. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Pete, where can listeners find you when you are not talking about American graffiti? <laughs> I'll send everybody to PeteTheRetailer.com because I think most of the things that I do are linked to from there. And it's mainly Star Wars Minute where we go through every minute of Star Wars, but I'm also doing A, B, C, D, T, O, S where we go through Star Trek, the original series in alphabetical order and got a handful of previous projects there and all kinds of stuff going. And listeners to this podcast can join us on social media, especially on Facebook at Mel's Listeners Drive-In and join us back here tomorrow for Minute 42. He's really fast, isn't he?